Hello, my name is Blaze Bailey. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attacks. Hey, what's up? This is Joey Z from Life of Agony. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. This is Bobby Bliss from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hey, this is Dale Lorenzo from Hades, nonfiction, The Cursed, and my horrible solo music. You listen to my boy Victor on Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Ron Bumble for Fall of Guns N' Roses, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. How you doing? This is Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windorp of Monster Magnet, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Kiske talking, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Stilter, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey everybody, what's happening? This is John Bush, and you're cranking it up on Mars Attack. Hi, this is Issa, and you're listening to Mars Attack. Please check out my new single, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Amanda Somerville, and you are listening to Mars Attack. Rock it out with Victor. One and all to episode 27 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I am your host, Victor, and that was A Thousand Sons from the Michael Kiska Amanda Somerville Project. And during this episode, we have two interviews. We have one with Amanda Somerville, and we have another one with Issa, another recording artist on Frontier Records. What we're going to do is... Play some music by Issa, then go into uh, the interview that I conducted with her. After that, we'll play some more music from the Kiska Somerville Project and then jump into uh, that specific interview before wrapping things up. Uh, For all of you that are coming to this interview via Twitter, via Facebook via Blabbermouth or any other site, remember that you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. You can also go to 
MarsAttacksRadio.com and listen to this interview in its entirety or download it in MP3 format directly from that website as well. In any event, let's get into a track by Issa. This is the leadoff single that she had. It's called I'm Alive. career up to now. Can you tell us a little bit about the acts that you had actually played with previous to um, putting out this uh, solo album? Yeah, well, you know, I've done a lot of things uh, during my years as a musician. Um, I played in, you know, numerous of uh, of band and uh, not musicals and stuff like that, but, um, you know, um, entertainment and stuff like that. So, so I've done a lot of things, but... Um, but you know, I did I did a thing for Illusion Suite. That was really cool. It's a kind of like a metal band. Uh, we also got to be in their video. Um, Gaia Epticus has always been has also been a thing. Um, Idol artists and Eurovision uh, contest people CDs, you know. So I done mm-hmm. I done so many things um, in my years, you know. Uh, obviously because because I've I worked a lot as a demo singer, and and you get to know a lot of people, and and you you just suddenly find end up doing a lot of strange things, so that's uh, <laughs> that's really awesome. But yeah, it's been it's been everything, I guess. Okay, um, how did you actually become a demo singer? Is did you try out to be a demo singer? Did it just happen by accident, or was it something that you had set out to do? Yeah, well, um, the thing was when I was about, I guess I was about. 17 years old, I um, I entered this uh, talent show um, where kind of like it's a it's a very famous Norwegian guy called uh, Jan Teigen, and okay. he um, 
he you know announced in the newspapers he wanted to to kind of like have a talent school uh, thing he wanted to kind of like show new young talents to 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 um to the business you know record companies and 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 people like that and he wanted to kind of like educate them and, and things like that right. so um, at this time, I was, I was working actually at H&M, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, one of my colleagues, she was just like, oh, you got to go and do this, and, you know, and, and you know, I had probably never done anything very particular, special. I always loved to sing. That's always been the thing, but, but you know, I tried karaoke and things like that, but um, <laughs> so I, I went to that audition, and in some strange way, I... I uh, I got through and and I did the shows and stuff like that and I ended up working in his reception at the at the talent school, huh. um, and you know through that I guess I got to know a lot of people and and I got like a very warm welcome in into it all. So from that you know you start to work with people and then it's other people and and you know it's when it comes down to it it isn't that big anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so I guess it was that was kind of like my way into it all. <laughs> okay, and you actually had, um, if if I remember correctly, a song that was used for a children's network or a children's uh, program. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, um, yeah, when I was working with this guy, um, Fox Kids had like a, a competition. Um, so I had a song in there that was written by uh, by um, by a Norwegian guy. He was actually in Dimmeborgen, actually. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, that's really funny. And um, yeah, we did this song and we won the whole thing. And I got the song. Um, uh, it was uh, on the Fox Kids hits. So that was through the, the the children's channel. But you know, it was a huge thing back then. Really cool. Right. And yeah, it's just yeah, so <laughs> awesome. Cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, A Sign of the Angels. Why did you decide to put this album together? Yeah, well, um, I think it was about time I came up with something myself. You know, you, you use your time and you work so much with other people. And, and um, yeah, you find yourself like, oh, God, I wish, you know, could you do this or do that or, you know, things like that. So I think definitely was was about time for me to to do my own record. And also, I feel like this is probably the time where I'm more mature to do it. And I had some years to experiment what I want to do and like who I am and and musically where I want to be and and things like that. So so you know this age and where I am now would be just like perfect perfect to to release a record. So so I did. <laughs> okay and. Uh, with regards to the direction of the album, can you tell us a little bit about the songwriting process? Yeah, the song. This is actually very funny because um, I uh, I write a lot of music myself, um, but the later years I ha- I don't feel like I've had a lot of time to do it, and um, so so this album was just written by other people. Okay. So, so we had like a long process, uh, uh, picking out songs and things like that, but. In the after, kind of like after after the record was recorded, I um, got to know a lot of the songwriters and kept in, in contact with them. So, so it's really funny because I've been writing with uh, those songwriters now and actually um, contributed to, to songs that's on other albums on the same label. So, right. so it's really funny. But my next album, I'm definitely going to be writing a lot more. So I can't, you know, I can't wait to kind of like show people that I do more than just sing. Uh, okay. Because I really, you know, I really don't. Um, so, so that's gonna be, yeah, I'm very exciting. I'm working on it right now, actually. So. Actually, oh, okay. Yeah. So, 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 Sign of the Angels is coming out now, and then possibly in a few months or a year, maybe we'll see the follow-up album. Oh, I don't know if it's gonna be that that fast. That just depends, <laughs> I guess. But it's a lot of things to do. But it's, you know, okay. it's, it's really nice to kind of like just start working on your material so you have a, gotcha. so, so it's not going to be something you just like put together in in five minutes to kind of like oh i got a record to do uh, <laughs> so and and kind of like i feel like you know doing all this i, I got a, a feel of the you know the process of all and and how it works and kind of like releasing my own thing uh, mm-hmm. so and, and you take learn them from that and and then yeah the next album definitely i'm going to write more 
So, yeah, I think it's exciting, you know. Okay. And uh, as far as the musicians that were involved in the album, can you explain how they were selected for the project? Is Were you uh, able to select the musicians, or was it something that the label had already selected for you? No. Um, when we had all the songs uh, picked out, uh, mm-hmm. we discussed who we wanted to produce the album and obviously I knew I knew it only a little bit from before so and and as he he lives in Sweden you know so and I live in Norway so it it was an easy easy thing there and mm-hmm. uh, he got the whole responsibility for producing the album and and things like that and um, together we kind of like just discussed who we wanted to have to, to play which musicians we should use and things like that and, right um you know, Ronnie, he's a, he's a very talented guy and, and he knows a lot of people and come like, yeah, so, so he had probably more the contacts than, rather than I have, but, but, um, I knew about all the guys, but, but it was really cool to kind of like hear they, they, they would love to do it and, and they came and, and did it and, and had some inspiration and thought it was really fun. So that was awesome. Cool. Very cool. Um, as far as the recording is concerned, roughly how long did the recording of the album take? Uh, well, I think we had we had picked out all the songs. That was uh, about September, no, maybe August, September last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think we started probably recording it by October. And it's, it works like that, you know, one and one person goes in. That's kind of like how it works. And, and we put down all the drums and then the bass player comes and he puts down all, you know, like this. And there's a lot of mailing and things and back and forward. And and uh, I was in the studio by all of January. So, hmm. yeah, so, uh, you know, just weekends and, and things like that. So so by, you know, by end of January, February, it takes a lot of time, you know. Right. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, probably uh, six, seven months, I guess, for, for producing that one. Okay. And um, what plans do you have, if any, for touring behind the album? Oh, yeah. This is kind of like my thing, you know. I'm, I'm foremost of all, I'm a, I'm a live artist rather than a studio artist. That's, that's how I look at myself because um, that's what I've been doing all these years, performing. Right. And so I just, I can't wait to kind of like do that as well. Um, my f- first gig with the with this album is going to be 20th of uh, November okay um yeah and we're already discussing a a tour schedule it's a new video on on that we're going to record um yeah it's a lot a lot of things happening but definitely it's going to be a tour so uh, I know I'm going to Italy so I can't wait for that (laughs) and um yeah but we, we start in Oslo it's going to be a support for for a guy that's coming over here to play so so that that's cool. Okay, and you can't disclose as of yet who you're going to be playing with. Uh, well, I mean, um, as musicians. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the musicians is going to be, you know, that that depends a little bit. Uh, all of the musicians that played on the on the record is is gonna definitely gonna play with me. Uh, but some of them some of them are busy, you know. At times they have their own bands and things like that. Right. So. So, um, but but they they will play. I know Uli, he's the, the drummer, has he's in for a small operation right now, but he'll be back and and do things like that. But you know, I played in band for so many years. I have a lot of good musicians behind me, and I know they will step in whenever it's needed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, with regards to um, hard rock and metal nowadays, there are a lot of bands that have females that are singing or fronting the band. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel separates you from all of the other bands? Oh, well, um, most of all, I think it's a lot of bands, you know, uh, and this record is more, more, more of a solo act than rather than a, than a band. And, um, yeah, I think you know it's a lot of it's a lot of bands like that. You you got a lot of heavier bands like you know Nightwish and things like that. But that isn't quite the same thing though. Um, right. Also, I feel it's a lot of gothic and very dark, and you or you're very kind of like singing very vulnerable. I think mm-hmm. difference or what what I want to kind of like pursue or 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 make you know this is me. But um, I want to be in people's faces. I want to kind of like show that you can be blonde and you can be feminine and, and strong. Um, 
and do rock music you know you you can have blonde hair and do that you know that's that's uh where i think it's um it's a lot of guys in this business and and i think it's about time it comes something that's more than than just you know the gothic scene or or you know like that but yeah it's, it's a lot of girls as well i guess but um yeah that's what i hope to kind of like be the difference though i want to I'm, I'm always trying to kind of like do my thing like a guy would would do it rather than right yeah so yeah we'll just have to see <laughs> <It's> <laughs> okay and that's that... what you think uh, what was that it's up to you guys out there what do you think right okay perfect um, and w- one of the things that you just touched upon was one of my next questions. Uh, how much more difficult is it for a female to make it as a hard rock or a rock singer uh, or a rock band uh, than it is for a male nowadays? Is there still a big considerable difference in your opinion? Uh, well, I, I can actually feel that it is. You know, it's um, in some areas, you know, it's um... – you get, you get probably more attention because you're a girl, uh, mm-hmm. rather than you know it's it's probably a thousand uh, kind of like rock uh, bands with with guys that would probably sound pretty similar as well. Uh, mm-hmm. but it isn't that it isn't that many girls um, compare when you compare anyway. Um, so um, yeah, um, I just think that it's. It just depends a little bit, but definitely, you know, it's it's a world that's been ruled by by guys, and and you can definitely feel kind of like you know some people are really you know all blonde hair and you know you look like Britney, you know, and you're doing right. and, and and things like that. But on the other hand, it's we live in 2010, so it's I guess it's more accepted and and a cooler thing, um, right. And uh, but it, but yeah, it's it's both ways. That's very both ways. Some people don't even like girls doing A and R and things like that. So so it just depends. Just depends. But but you get more attention. That's that's a good thing if you if you want to pursue music. Okay. Do you feel um, that it's fair, um, or do you? Does it bother you to an extent that maybe people? Um, would look at you more as just a female or a sexual thing as opposed to wanting to listen to your music first and considering the music first and foremost? Yeah. Well, the thing that I've kind of like experienced during my years is that, and and this is kind of like one of the things I really find funny because it's the second you enter the stage and, you know, you're blonde and, you know, things like that and, and feminine, you're very feminine. That would be the right word. And, Mm -hmm. and, people kind of like judge you in that moment. But the cool thing is that the second you open your mouth, they, they change totally. So, so that's really cool sometimes to kind of like just watch people because mm-hmm. people can be very judging, but you know, they, sometimes they get a surprise, don't they? <laughs> also. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, what artist, uh, when you were younger made you want to become a singer? Uh um oh i don't know it must be madonna i think probably that that's probably the first thing i remember as a child though that it was madonna <laughs> like um oh i don't remember the songs or anything i just remember that um something about that this is my first musical memory though but i remember something you remember which song did she have that she has this um boobs you know i don't know flaming stuff on um that were pointy or something like that yeah the pointy ones the pointy ones was the video for open your heart where she came out with a a little boy dancing at the end yeah Hmm. yeah well i think that was my probably my first first musical uh, uh that i remember but you know later on obviously i've been you know i've been inspired by so so many different i have a hang-up you know, all the time. I get a hang up on one thing and then I move on. I get a hang up. But, you know, I always love the, you know, heart uh, mm-hmm. and, and and things like Robin Beck and, and um, yeah, a lot of females, big singers like Celine Dion and Mary Carey, of course, and, and things like that. I always kind of like loved uh, the people that, that does incredible things. That's always been right. like a, a thing. Um, so, yeah, it's been a lot of things that's been an inspiration, I guess. 
Okay. And um, out of all those things that you just mentioned, what are you currently listening to? You say that you get tied up on certain yeah. things. What are you currently tied up with? Uh, well, actually, um, I've been <laughs> very much uh, – well, the latest thing I actually downloaded was uh, the Google Dolls. That was actually the latest album. But, um, yeah, um, I think also I just downloaded Aerosmith, kind of like old songs and stuff like that. So that's kind of like been the – things i've been hooked up on lately okay yeah uh and where should people go to keep up with everything that you're doing ah they should go to uh isasite.com okay Uh, and also you know the cool thing is that you know people should just add me on facebook um i have my own site there um okay uh, that's my last name. They could probably just type in Issa or something. Um, but yeah, I love to. I've added a lot of people, and I love to kind of like uh, keep in touch with people and update them on on what's happening and and things like that. And uh, also the website, I'm gonna post out as soon as I get any tour schedule and things that's gonna be happening. But you know, okay. currently I'm kind of like using using the the Facebook site because I'm. I'm on there all day and then not all day but um every day and just like you know updating pictures and just like yeah talking to people like letting them know what i'm doing so definitely that's the two kind of like sites i'm i'm the most uh on i guess
was Isel with Angels Crying, coming off of her album Sign of Angels. If you enjoyed that, please go out and support Issa by going to either iTunes and purchasing the tracks that I played or any other tracks off of the album, or going out and actually purchasing the album. It's on Frontier Records. want to thank Dustin from Frontiers for setting that interview up. And uh, we're going to transition into the interview that I did with Amanda Somerville. Uh, a little while ago, I was able to speak to her and Michael Kiska. Part one and two of the Michael Kiska interviews are currently up there on iTunes and on MarsAttacksRadio.com. So if you haven't heard them yet, go check them out. There are some things that I discuss in this interview regarding uh, the Michael Kiska interviews, parts one and two. <laughs> and, um, I mean, if you go back and you listen to them, you're obviously going to get the full story because you're hearing it directly from the horse's mouth, per se. Uh, in any event, let's play another track off of the Kiska Somerville project. Let's do Silence. <laughs>
together he mentioned the other day that there were other people that were being considered besides you initially but how was the project presented to you well I was called by uh, Matt Sinner and um, asked if I'd like to be a part of it uh, yeah it was my understanding that it started out as an idea of Serafino Perugino's who is right. the, the boss at Frontiers Records um, and uh, so yeah, he put Matt in charge of everything as the producer, and uh, they had a list of people they were considering, and, and uh, it ended up being me. I was the lucky one. So, uh, um, yeah, that's that's how, how I got involved. Okay, and what was your initial reaction when Matt approached you? Oh, I love a, I love a great new challenge and uh, working with new people and everything. So I was I was very enthusiastic about it, very interested right off the bat, especially since Michael and I have worked together for several several years rather indirectly on things like Ina right. and Avantasia. So, um, you know, the opportunity to to get to actually work with him directly where our voices were featured together, that was uh, quite the attractive um, proposal for me. And uh, because, I mean, it's not for nothing that he's a legend in the in the scene. Um, and so to uh, be asked to be featured alongside uh, such a, a great, a great voice, a great performer, um, was, it was quite an honor. So I was really happy about it. Cool. And was there any pressure to work with him since he is someone that's so legendary? No, not at all. Um, I, you know, I've worked with so many people in this scene over, over the last decade. Um, I, I just get excited, you know, I'm like a little kid. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just, I was just very, very happy about it. Cool. Um, did he ever tell you how he first heard your voice? Cause he went into that, uh, during our interview. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. And that's, that's a great story. That was, you know, I was tickled pink when he told me that. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because he, he mentioned something to the effect of, uh, of you telling him that, uh, it's great to work together again. And yeah. it sort of, you know, sort of caught him off guard saying, when did I ever work with you? You know, that type of thing was going through his head and how yeah. he went home and instantly opened up the Ina CD, which he had wrapped for a few years and realized that, uh, that it was your voice and that he, he mentioned as well that the first time he heard your voice, he completely fell in love with it, but that he didn't know who you were at the time because obviously there were no notes that were sent along with the, uh, with the initial track that, he was, uh, that was sent along for him to listen to. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great story, and that was really cool, because I don't know if you watched the, um, the video blog that I did uh, on the video shoots that we did, uh, the music videos for the Kiss the Somerville Project, but um, I did a video blog on there, and everything's very, you know, spur of the moment, candid, um, so everything you see on there is quite real, and I was standing next to him, and I'm like, so here it is, finally, you know, Amanda Somerville and Michael Kiska. <laughs> standing side by side, working together directly after working together, you know, around three corners the last several years. And his face, when I said that, it's like, huh, what? What do you mean work together? (laughs) (laughs) So that captures exactly that moment and exactly that, you know, that uh, uh, realization or the, you know, the wheels turning in the brain, like, oh, well, well, what is she talking about? What is she saying? You got to take a look at that because you'll see, you'll see that reaction there. (laughs) I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. That, that, that sounds like it'd be really cool to, uh, to see, especially if, you know, you're getting that firsthand, uh, reaction from him right yeah and and you know the behind the scenes story you know the whole story like that's it's entertaining (laughs) absolutely so how has his singing influenced you as a singer well um you know i didn't originally come from the metal scene i mean i i came more from uh pop rock uh singer songwriter uh area and so I didn't know any of Michael's stuff, any Halloween or whatever, until around Avantasia, when I did Avantasia, I think back in 2008. And um, 
you know, when, when we did Ina, um, people were like, oh, yeah, Michael Kiske is going to sing this song, and, you know, he's going to do it on this. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I was totally green mm-hmm. <laughs> at that point because <laughs> Ina was, like, the first big thing I did in metal. And right. um, so I'm like, oh, sweet, cool. You know, I was just like, oh, this is fun. Oh, yeah, he's a great singer and, and all this stuff without really, you know, I didn't do my homework. I was, I was completely out of the loop. And um, so as far as influence, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's really relevant since I'm, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of jumped into the scene later, late in the game. But, right. Um, yeah, it was, like I said, I, I knew um, once Matt had asked me, I, I, I knew the background of everything. And so that was just, you know, that was really exciting because I knew his voice and I knew that he was a great singer. And um, I thought, cool. You know, I think, I think, Though we have totally different voices, I think our colors mm-hmm. blend well together. And I, I akin to, you know, the, like a um, red and blue making purple. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a girl. I have to have those silly metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good analogy, though, because a lot of times you hear, you know, the mix of uh, male and female voices. And sometimes it just doesn't come off right. And I think that with this project you know there is that proper blend to get that purple as you say yeah (laughs) so um you talked a little bit about matt tell us about the rest of the band that uh played on the album well um the the people that i had worked with before um i went on tour actually with uh, Martin Schmidt, he played drums in Rock Meets Classic, and Jimmy Kresich, who did the keyboards. Um, uh, we we were all on tour with together with Matt um, for Rock Meets Classic last January, and uh, that kind of came uh, to be because when I was in the studio, who it, it's actually Martin's studio um, near Stuttgart, um, and I recorded my vocal parts with Matt last November. Um, that went so well, and we meshed so well together and hit it off um, that he asked me to be a part of the Rock Meets Classic tour. So I knew um, Martin from from working with him in the studio and then also being on tour, and Jimmy as well. They're both really great musicians and super cool guys. So I was excited that they were, they were part of it. Um, and then uh, I had worked with uh, Sandra Velmans, for years, for, you know, more than seven years anyway, uh, when he was with After Forever, and we did the project together uh, called HDK that was released last year. Um, So, yeah, and Sandra and I wrote a few songs for the album, um, and Matt uh, wrote the majority of the other songs or co-wrote them with either Jimmy or Magnus Carlson. I've never had the pleasure of meeting Magnus uh, in... in, uh, you know, live and in Technicolor, but um, right. he's quite quite the talent as well, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, cross paths one of these days. <laughs> so, um, very just a really talented bunch of people, and so it's always great to be a part of 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 a band, you know, where the that the core is is just each and every one of them. Um, individually, they're all so very talented and great great people also to boot. So um, the personality meshing and the, the musical and professional side of everything, it was just, it was just a really, a, a real pleasure to do. Cool. Okay. And um, uh, was there any song that turned out better than you had expected? Oh, you know, Victor, I'm a person that goes into something without any expectations because um, <laughs> it's my experience that if you have any kind of expectation, um, right. you're bound to be disappointed. And if you go in with a totally open mind, um, you're you're bound to always come away pleasantly, you know, with a, with a pleasant taste in your mouth, basically. And gotcha. so I um, I knew that the group of people that were involved in this project were very good. Um, so you know, it was bound to be good. And I liked the songs, but um, I'm always like a little kid in the end when everything's finished, it's like Christmas, you know, I hear the final mixes and I'm like, Woo! that sounded (laughs) so great, you know, Oh, cool. Ah." So uh, then I can be really happy and just uh, listen to it with fresh ears. And so, um, yeah, I I can't say that anything turned out, 
you know, I guess better or, or worse than I expected because I didn't really go into it with any expectations except knowing that it was probably bound to be pretty good. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, as far as the first two videos, um, I had a wish, and or if I had a wish, excuse me, and Silence, uh, why were those two songs picked out of the rest of the bunch to uh, represent the album before it even came out? Well, I think that's that's more a question for Matt and and Serafino okay. because they they came up with with those choices. But I believe from what I from what I heard uh, from you know what they have said about their choices is uh, they felt Silence was a really strong song, and though it was a little ballad esque, uh, right. they wanted to choose something that was a little more uh, upbeat and little little heavier anyway. And so if I had a wish, ended up being that one. Um, I know Michael has said, uh, maybe he told you this, but his favorite is a thousand sons. And, uh, he, and it was funny because throughout the recording process of the, uh, or the, the video shoots, he kept telling Matt, man, why aren't we recording a thousand sons? Why aren't we doing a video for a thousand sons? And Matt's <laughs> like, man, shut the hell up with your thousand sons. <laughs> And and it was it was a great compliment compliment to me because that's one of the songs that that I wrote for the album. So um, ah. yeah, so that was cool. That's definitely cool. Do you foresee working uh, on a future Kiska Somerville album? I would love it. I would love it. This one went so well, and uh, I'm so proud of the way that it turned out. You know, I'm really happy with the with the end result. Um, and now knowing how well, uh, the team works together, uh, right. you know, I, I think it would be great. A, a second one can, could only be better. Um, especially because Michael and I have talked about it and we would like to both maybe, you know, contribute creatively, um, to a next album and, uh, also perhaps do the, the studio recordings together. So, okay. um, you know, we would, we would be going into it from a totally different position than uh, what, what we went into this one with, from. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it would be great. It all depends, unfortunately, you know, on how well the album does. Uh, it's it's right. sad to say, you know, it, it all comes down to the bottom line, but that's just the way that it is. Right, right, right. And, you know, completely understood. If if it sells two copies, then, you know, there's there's no sense in, you know, revisiting if, unfortunately it didn't make any money and that's unfortunately a lot of people don't realize that when certain projects come together and it's a one-off deal that there isn't the ability to revisit things because and and this doesn't seem to be the case with frontiers but with big labels you know if you don't sell millions of copies you're out on the street so yep exactly i mean they don't call it the music business for nothing <laughs> <laughs> right 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 yeah some people think it's more of a music fantasy land so <laughs> exactly yeah uh, it's a lot of work and there you know unfortunately a lot of numbers involved as well i would prefer to just stick to the creative side but uh yeah, yeah. that's 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 uh it's too bad that that's uh, only only really in a fairy tale land <laughs> right 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 yeah very unfortunate yeah, and it's uh, also unfortunate with this whole thing, you know, um, with with uh, illegal downloading and stuff. And it's it's too bad that a lot of people just don't get how uh, critical it is for you know for the artists that they're supposed to that they supposedly love. Right. Um, if they don't support us, we can't do our job. You know, we can't we can't bring them our music. And uh, right. It's it's all a machine, you know. One hand washes the other and helps the other go on, and so, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's too bad that people, you know, if you, you ask them, whoever does whatever profession, you know, a plumber, hey, um, I'm not gonna expect you to come to my house and fix my stopped up toilet and the, you know for free, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. Um, but of course, that's something that's more tangible. I mean, music is an art form, and, and uh, art form is, is always something that's a little more out of reach, and so people don't associate it with real life uh, rules and, and scenarios like there is in, in any profession or business. But right. that's just the way that it is. So if you yeah. do, if you don't buy our music, 
there will be no follow-up. If you like us, support us. <laughs> <laughs> I always make a point to uh, say that during the podcast is if you if you like the band I'm interviewing or if you like any of the music that I'm playing, please go out and you know if the only thing you can afford is to go out to iTunes and buy one or two songs, then do that. Yep. But you know if you like it, you know people paid money to make these albums, and you know a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, pardon the cliche, go into uh, go into making an album. So. Yeah, totally, totally. And it's not like, you know, I'm saying this because I'm, I'm a greedy bitch or anything, you know. It's not about making millions for me. It's just so that I can continue, uh, you know, doing doing my job. Yeah. You know, and this is something that me and Michael talked about for quite a while during our interview. But uh, you know, it, 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 it is very unfortunate, you know, because there are so many great albums out there. Um, and the problem is that they're the, the ratio is overwhelming to how much stuff that really isn't worth it is out there as opposed to how much stuff is really good. And I think for so many years, the business itself has tried to cram most of that nonsense down people's throats. And unfortunately, years later, uh, you know, it's ended up affecting the entire industry, the artists, the labels themselves, and um, you know, a lot of groups that maybe in the past would have had a chance, uh, now there's no chance whatsoever due mm -hmm. to everything that's happened. So, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, the sad truth of, of everything, but you know, I, I have faith and I, I, I have the feeling we're going to find a way to make things work. It just, it has to be that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly think that, you know, things are in flux in these next few years. Things will be interesting where things will probably, you know, go back and forth a little until everything is finally settled out. So we'll see. Yeah, I hope so anyway. Do you foresee playing any, say, festivals or touring at all behind the album with Michael? I would love to. I would really like to. And, and uh, Michael said, you know, he feels the same way. We would love to take this project on the road and uh, bring it to the people. Um, again, it all comes down to uh, how well the album does because, you know, touring is very expensive. And uh, mm -hmm. even though we might uh, want to do it, you know, and be willing to do it for the fun of it, uh, unfortunately, everybody else that is needed to make it work <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> So, you know, right. everybody's got to pay their rent. So, um, yeah, it really it really comes down to how well it does. Uh, same thing, you know, with performing live as with a, a, a follow-up album. But we okay. would love to. I would really love to. Okay, cool. Um, I actually had a listener send me a message once I Twittered that I was going to be interviewing you. Um, he mentioned that he'd seen you with Epica. And he said that he felt that you were every bit as good as, as Simone. Um, could you tell us about the experience that you had with Epica? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've worked with them for uh, years and years. Uh, they were one of the first bands that I worked with in the metal scene. And um, so, uh, you know, working with them from, from their, I guess, uh, inception, Mm -hmm. uh, and writing, write, co-writing their songs with them and everything. It was a very natural choice for them to ask me to replace Simone when she got sick. And um, I was happy to do it. I'm, I'm always, you know, um, eager to help out my friends, but also uh, uh, it's, always, it's always fun to have a new challenge. But, of course, it's, it was kind of double-sided because um, it was an unfortunate, uh, I guess, circumstance that brought me to that. Um, right. And it's always a little bit, yeah, a, a bit of a risk because you don't mm -hmm. know how the fans are going to react. You know, they have their, their expectations. They know um, and love the band uh, because of the, its members. And if mm -hmm. something changes, especially the front person, you know, it can get a little, little shaky. So I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to do this, and, and I'm, I'm really willing to help you out and everything, but if uh, people throw tomatoes at me, you know, we might have to renegotiate. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, the, the fans were very gracious and accepting, and um, so it was, it was uh, all in all a, a really great experience. And since, you know, I was kind of the, the – uh, 
the unknown seventh member of Epica. <laughs> and the, <laughs> people people uh, had seen me in their in their DVDs and heard me on their albums and stuff. Anyway, then uh, it it all it all worked out really well in the end. Right. Uh, you bring up a very interesting point regarding. Um you know, substituting out the uh, the front person. Uh, I've always thought that, you know, uh, due to an unfortunate circumstance like this, like Simone getting sick, or uh, I usually use the example of ACDC with Bon Scott, uh, when there's a circumstance that you can't avoid, I think people are much more open to accepting, you know, who comes in as opposed to, you know, if Simone had left and you had come in, it maybe would have been more difficult. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, but like I said, the fans were very gracious and and understood the circumstances and stuff. So that that was that that all worked out. Well, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and no tomato throwing. Yeah, no tomato throwing. <laughs> it was all good. Receive me. Unleash me. Amanda Somerville there coming off of the album Windows. That is the track out. Want to thank Amanda for coming aboard and granting me this interview. Uh, want to apologize to both Amanda and Issa. Uh, this is sort of the going theme for all of the interviews that I'm doing catch up with. And uh, again, thanks to them. Thanks to Dustin Hartman from Frontiers for setting everything up. And uh, that pretty much wraps everything up with this show. Remember, 
If you go to MarsAttacksRadio.com, you can find out about not only the podcast, but the Mars Attacks Radio Show, which airs every Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays on Stream A of Mark Striegel Radio. In any event, if you go to MarsAttacksRadio.com, right on the homepage there, you can see the hours in which the uh, shows air. Um, you can find that in the top right-hand corner there. On Thursdays, we tend to debut new episodes, and you have four hours of Mars Attacks Radio. On Fridays, you have eight hours of Mars Attacks Radio. In any event, you could also see recaps of the playlist from previous shows. So if you missed out on something or uh, want to check out what we're playing during various shows, you could see that firsthand right there in the recap section. Um, aside from that, we have the new podcast, the Victor M. Ruiz podcast, the Freeform podcast where we play other things outside of metal, where we talk a little sports, a little TV, a little movies, a little wrestling, and other things that just happen to pop into my mind. Uh, that can also be found on iTunes. Just search for... Uh, Victor M. Ruiz podcast or go to VictorMRuiz.com and uh, you can download or listen to any episode straight from there. The podcast is fairly new, was going to be a once a month thing, but as things uh, have transitioned, um, been having a lot of fun with that and have been um, popping some additional podcasts out for that um uh, specific uh, show. Uh, the blog that it's associated to is called The Incoherent Ramblings of Victor M. Ruiz, and that pretty much says it all right there. Uh, aside from that, we have the shows done in Spanish, FusionSonica.com. As I always say, the language there is just kick-ass music. So even if you don't understand Spanish, you could always check out some great tracks by well-known artists, by national acts here in Spain or from South America, and uh, as I always say, you know, if people are, uh, if people like listening to Ramstein and not understanding the lyrics, why, you know, why not give this a shot? So that can be found on FusionSonica.com or as well uh, via iTunes. So you have the Mars Attacks podcast, the Victor M. Ruiz podcast, and Fusion Sonica podcast, all within the iTunes uh, store. And um, that's pretty much it. We also have links to Twitter, Facebook, and uh, MySpace pages. Check that all out on the MarsAttacksRadio.com website. Also check out Talking Metal and the Talking Metal Wire, where I'm a frequent contributor. And uh, that's pretty much it. Let's wrap things up with one last song from the Kiska Somerville Project. And how much more perfect... Uh, a way to close the show is it then closing it with a track called Nothing Left to Say. So there you go. Thanks for listening and catch you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. <laughs>